Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Good morning, Sunday here at TLC and you came in and for 
God forbid that the doors were closed, it was locked, and no one was here for whatever reason. What would you do? Would you just go, oh, well, I guess we're just going to go home now. I guess we're just going to go to the beach. I guess I'll just go fishing. Which, by the way, don't try fishing on Sunday. It just never works. It just never works. You ain't never catching up the tan on Sunday. Right? <laughs> but no, no, why? Because we can worship anywhere, right? In fact, worship has not uh, been designed to where it's just contained right here in the four walls of the church. You can worship anywhere. We can worship at home. You can worship in your car. You can worship at school, young people. You can worship at your there, Anywhere we can worship. Why? Because worship is not confined to a location. Guess what? Worship is not confined to a genre of music either. Because oftentimes when I say, hey, what, what, when I say worship, what do you think? Many of us think the worship the music portion of the service on Sunday. But worship is so much more than that. Yes, music is a part of it. God, the Bible says that we should worship with a new song from our heart, right? And, and there's plenty of times where we see God sending out the worship leaders out in battle first. Right, Ryan? We're going to send you out in battle and you and the team first. I was just subbing today, so I don't, I don't count. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so certainly, yes, that is a part of music ages and, and worship. But worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a heart thing. Worship is how we live our life every single day, surrendered to God, submitted to Him. I worship with how I live my life. I worship God with, with, with how I act and how I talk and how I live. That is what worship really is. Dude, are you able to worship God Without music, are you able to worship God with how you live your life, with how you do your job, and how you parent your kids? We can worship God all the time. It's not limited to a location or a particular thing, a genre of music. It doesn't start when someone says, hey, won't you stand? We're going to get ready to worship. And they start strumming a few chords on a guitar. No, oh, no, it's not confined to that. It's a lifestyle. It's a devotion and love for God that causes us to live for him every single day. And we started this series last week called Disciples Do. What, what is it that the disciples really do? And, and I think sometimes we, we mention that word discipleship, and, and sometimes we think it means a certain, we think it's a, a Bible study. That's part of it. We think it's Sunday school or, or, or this group or that group. That's part of it, but that's not really what uh, we see in, in the Bible. The disciple is, is simply the disciples following Christ. And what Christ did, they did. But Christ did, they did. So they would often be with Jesus wherever that he went. So they were right there when Jesus was laying hands on people. They were right there with him, seeing how he did it. Okay, how do I? And they even asked Jesus, how do we pray? This, this is how you do it. Follow me. It, that was always, everything was follow me. Follow, do what I do. Respond. How, you see how these religious leaders, how they act towards me? This is how you respond. Even though I want to slap them with a holy slap. That's not how we respond. There's some things that some of y'all want to respond on Facebook to people, but that's not how Jesus would respond. You see what I'm saying? What do disciples do? How do we, how do, we do? And so last week we, we talked about uh, following Christ, and we looked at Peter and, and how he just dropped everything and, and, and was obedient through faith to Jesus. Faith is how we become a follower, but worship is the way. Come on, any Mandalorian fans in the room? You've been watching Mandalorian back then? This is the way, right, Landon? You're following me, right? Worship is the way that we follow Jesus. How we live our life. 
For him, it's this process by which we give our lives and serve him. Very different than just singing some songs. Worship is more than a song. It's a surrender. It's a surrendering our lives, our wills, our desire to him every day. Not just on Sunday. Every day. That's what it is to be a disciple. That's what disciples do. If you have a Bible, John chapter 12. Book of John, chapter 12. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 12, starting in uh, verse 1. As you're turning there, um, you got a, a dinner party that's kind of going down in Jesus' honor. Word had got out that uh, he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And, uh, they're here. In the area of Bethany, a familiar place for Jesus. He had friends there. We, we, we had talked recently about Martha and Mary and living in Bethany and having Jesus over at their house for dinner. They were uh, sisters of Lazarus, just really good friends. This is a place that Jesus liked to stop in when he was nearby. And, and so we have this dinner party is, is kind of the scene for this text. And, uh, and so let's read together John chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Now, it seems that this could be a dinner in honor of Jesus for what Lazarus did. He's mentioned his name multiple times already in the opening of this text. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume she Poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, no figure, who was later to betray him, objected, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wage. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bank, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews uh, found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Again, he mentions Lazarus. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for who you are. Certainly, we thank you for all that you've done. God, you deserve our worship day in and day out. More than just singing a song, but God, how we live our life, surrender to you. May we stop living according to our ways, our wants, our motives. But God, may we simply align our will with your will, our hearts with your hearts, God. May we take on your mind, Christ. Live this life the way you created us to, to be the people you're calling us to be. Change us today. Change any mindset in this room. Change, change a hardened heart if there be any today. God, let us go all in. Just like this woman who, who poured out this perfume at the feet of Jesus. And we'd be like her and give it all for you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. Our act of worship is a response to who God is. He is God. 
Therefore, he deserves all the praise, the glory, and honor. Right? For what he has done for us, he deserves our worship and our praise. Can I get an amen? Come on. Uh, because of who he is, our response should be worship. And not just song, not just music, but our lives devoted to him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. In other words, in light of everything that God has done. In other words, because of his goodness, because of his grace, because of his great love, because of his mercy, in view of that. Through that lens, I'm going to look at everything, right? In view of God's mercy, do what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper what? Worship. It doesn't say the latest elevation song, the latest hill song, song. It's very redundant, but... The latest Chris Tomlin jam. The hymn that, that you grew up with. I, what does it say that is true and proper worship? It says to give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's hard to please God when we live for ourselves. But our true act of worship is to live for Him. Offering ourselves as a living sacrifice in view of God's mercy. In view of who He is. In view of all that He's done. It's like the story of, of a dog that Loved his master. His master was a teenage boy. Everywhere this little boy went, little Fido went with him. He was wagging his tail, right? So I'm a happy dog. I'm happy. And just following along, this little boy, everywhere he goes. When the boy goes to bed, there's Fido right there laying in the bed. It's all nestled up next to him. Now, we don't do that at my house. I, dogs don't go on the furniture. I like snuggling with my wife and not some stinky dog. I'm just saying. We love our dog, but I like to snuggle with my wife. Boy goes to bed right there, boom, dog's right next to him. Gets up in the middle of the night, has to go to the bathroom, who's following behind on his tail? Dog. At breakfast in the morning, dog's right there at his feet, hoping to get a crumb or two. It's time to go off to school. Waiting there at the bus stop, school bus shows up, and the dog's chasing the bus down the road, like as far as it, it can go. The school bus gets back, and, and there's, there's Fido right there at the school bus, waiting for his master. Run, comes dinner time, there he is right there with him, and then the cycle begins again. Day in and day out. What would cause this dog to do this? Day in and day out. Right? It's because of what this boy has done for him. This boy found him in the streets, wandering. He was mangy, he was unkept, headed for disaster if a dog catcher got him. Right? This boy found him and took him in, cleaned him up, fed him, loved him, and, and now he's loyal to him. The dog never forgot it, and he lived his life as such. Some of us, we were wandering that street called sin. Come on, y'all remember? Some of us were trying to forget. We were wandering that street called sin. We were, we were mangy sinners. Some of us sinned, and we didn't think anything of it. Some of us sinned, and we didn't really care. Some of us sinned, and it was in secret. Some of us just stayed all in our mind. But however you sin. Jesus came in, he found you, he rescued you, he brought you in, cleaned you up, saved you. You might as well say something this morning. And he gave you purpose and he gave you love. Where would you be if he had not found you? Where would we be without his grace? 
gratefulness evident in how you respond to the master. See, people often follow Christ, or even, even throughout the Bible, they often follow Christ because he met some kind of felt need in their life. Someone was sick, they needed a healing, we see Jesus healing the lame and, and the blind and, and all kinds of people. He gave people purpose, he gave people love, he showed compassion. There was this woman at, at this well in Samaria, and, 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 and Jesus spoke into her life, and he's like, listen, you're, you're living this way, and it's time to, it's time to stop, and you're, you're, you're chasing all these things, you're chasing these relationships, but you don't have to chase anything anymore. You, you might be thirsty for, for the things of this world, but now you don't have to thirst again, come on. And, and, and he spoke into this woman's life, and it's immediate transformation that happens. And she goes running into town, and she tells everybody, you got to come see this man. Right? No, no song, no worship service, no gathering. It was just, man, Jesus is awesome. One encounter, boom. That's it. She gave her life to follow him. If he, you know, if he never does a single thing for you, he's still good, he's still God, he's still worthy of praise. For that alone, we should worship him and praise him. But, but while we don't just worship God for what he does, Who he is is tied to what he does. And he's true to his word, amen? His word says he's able to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. If we follow him, he will. See, he is life. But not only is he life, he is the giver of life. He is love, and he gives us love, right? He's our redeemer, he's our help, he's our strength, he's our hope, he's all these things. In essence, that's who he is, but it's also what he does, right? He gave Adam and Eve life, and he called them to worship him. He delivered the Israelites from Egypt, and then, uh, you know, he gave them the Ten Commandments, right? You remember those? Look at the first four Ten Commandments. They have to do with worshiping God. Before we ever get to the other ones, before we ever, because it's worshiping God, and then the rest is about loving people. So before we ever get to that, it's all about putting God first. It's worship. It's worshiping Him. So no other gods before Him. No idols. Uh, no, say the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. These are the first four. Before we get to... You see, you can't love people. You can't carry out the other things. You can't honor your mother and father if you don't truly worship God and love Him. It's not going to matter about the other rules want to look at them that way, and don't murder, and, and, and don't commit adultery, and don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet, right? All those things are selfish acts, but man, when I worship God, it becomes about Him, and not about me. Order is important. Like, if you do that Lego set out of order, that Lego dinosaur is going to look like some kind of deformed lizard. Come on, come on, anybody been married, order is important, right? How they, how, they, how they put the dishwasher together, the dishes in there is important, am I right? Yeah. Order is important, and so we've got to get this right. It's God first. God first. Worshiping Him. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just music, man. It's, it's, it's giving our all to Him, and we can't do anything else until we get that right. Our act of worship is a response to who God is. After everything is done, in view of God's mercy, He is worthy. 
He is God. He is worthy uh, of our worship. This party, like I mentioned, was for Jesus. In Matthew's text, it says that this is at the house of Simon the leper. What an unfortunate nickname to have. But don't you find it interesting that you can, you can miss this, you can skip over it if you just read that it. it was at Simon the leper's house. But why would they be at his house if he still had leprosy? They wouldn't be. People would be running. Because those like people were shunned. They didn't want to be around them. Because of what they had. So therefore, it, you could say that maybe Simon doesn't have leprosy anymore. And that's why he's having people at his house. It's okay. Maybe because Jesus had healed him at some point of leprosy. We don't know that. But I'm just saying, why would they be at his house if he still had leprosy? But most importantly, we're here because it seems because of Lazarus. Mentions him multiple times in this text. The people were coming to see Lazarus. They had just been raised. If you read the previous chapter, we, we see where he's raised from the dead, right? And here, so, so you're at Simon Lepers' house. You got Lazarus is there. Martha and Mary are there again, very good friends of, of Jesus. They lived in this area. They were uh, sisters of Lazarus, right? And, and, and everybody's there, the disciples there, Jesus is there. And, and so Martha's doing what Martha does. If, you, if you've read anything about Martha, like she's just got their servants hard. And, and, and there's another uh, text where we read where she's like just serving people. Right? So that's what we find her doing here in this text. Martha is, is serving everyone. Hey, you get me refilling your drink. And, oh, hey, let me, let me get let me get the shirt cocktail out. Like, you, you, need, you know what I mean? And she's just serving everybody, taking care of the guests and the disciples. And Jesus that says they are reclined at the table. Now, these are not top of people here. They just kind of lay back at the table. Now, if you know the custom there, they didn't necessarily have chairs. That's just literally how they went to the table. They, they, they lay down. I don't know if I can get back up again, but, you know, they would just kind of lay down at the table. See my grapes? Or whatever they have when they have grapes. It just makes sense to me. So they were reclined, laid up at this table. And in walks... Mary. And Mary comes in and she's got this jar of perfume, right? It says, here, nard. I don't, I don't know. You know, that, that's not in like today's context. Y'all go get that Estee Lauder and, 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 and whatever other stuff. My mom used to wear that white diamonds back in the day. Y'all don't know about that. I, don't know. I can see some heads. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you get something else. I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head. Just throwing stuff out there. But she had this pure nard. This, this expensive. This was the good stuff. This was the stuff you get at Dillard's. Okay. And this is the good stuff. This is the Macy's stuff right here. She brings it out. This expensive jar of perfume. And, and, and just comes out. And just. I, I can picture. I don't know if you. I mean you should read the Bible with all your senses. You should try to put yourself in that place. And kind of. What, what's really going on? I can just see. Everybody's hanging out. Everybody's talking. And they're eating at the table. I just. Mary just doesn't care. That's her reputation. Like, you remember when she was, they were at, Jesus was at her house, and Mary's just sitting there. She don't care. Martha's serving and getting all the food. She just wants to be at the feet of Jesus. She has a heart of worship. And she doesn't care what the culture is. She doesn't care. You know, women, it was different for you ladies. Don't be mad at me. I'm an equal opportunity person. Like, it's 2021. I'm okay. Like, whatever. But, but it was different back then for women. And she just comes in the middle of all these men and, and just comes in. And, and, and she pours this expensive perfume out at his feet. And she lets down her hair, which was not customary. It was very rare that you saw a woman with her hair down, especially out in public. So again, she's just bringing all the rules. She don't care. She proceeds to wash the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that the aroma, this fragrance, filled the room. 
It covered the fried chicken. It covered the biscuits and gravy. It covered everything. It filled this room. Y'all ever been around a teenage boy that put on way too much cologne? Too much Atlas body spray going on? Shh. And it's just like a fog following me. <laughs> the aroma filled the room. It was all they could smell. So this wasn't just like a quiet thing, Landon. She didn't come in like, like, little dad, you just have what you speak and then I'll be out of the way. No, this was seen. She didn't care. I just want to worship at the feet of Jesus. And she pours it all out. This was expensive. This was a, uh, it was said, the text said a year's worth of perfume. It was expensive. And she pours it out. She worships it at the feet of Jesus. And it says in Matthew's account, it says that the disciples complained. Why? Why? Why would, why would you waste all this? We can do so much with this. I think it's interesting. John calls out Judas. Says, Judas complains. Judas says, hey, we're going to give this to the poor. And I think it's interesting that Judas is mentioned here giving what we know will happen to him. And even John calls him out for that again. John, John was like throwing some serious shade. He said, Judas, the one who would betray Jesus. And I think it's interesting if you contrast Judas and Mary. Judas would betray Jesus for some money, but Mary would worship at the feet with an expensive jar of perfume. Where do we find ourselves in between those two people? In our devotion, in our, our life given uh, to Christ. They said it was a waste. Why, why would we waste this perfume? And what seemed like a waste was an act of worship. Jesus said, leave her alone. You better back up. Leave her alone. She, she has done a great thing. And she gets it. This is worship. See, people that only hear about Jesus but don't really own their faith, they don't understand this kind of worship. People that are only fans of Jesus, they just come in and get a little death. They don't understand this kind of act of worship. Those that are just going through the motions, they don't get this. Mary gave it. And she gave it all. She went all in. See, see, people don't understand Pentecostals sometimes. We come in and we hoot and holler. They used to call us holy rollers and few jumpers and snake handlers and all kind of other weird things. So they don't get it. They don't understand. We can't help but lift out a shout after everything that God has done and, and for who he is. They don't, see, but they don't understand. They don't, they don't know my testimony. They must not know me very well, Jalisha, to understand what God has brought me through and done in my life. And I can't help but shout. I can't help but worship. I can't help but be a little crazy sometimes about my Jesus. I can't help but tell people, Ted. They don't understand. They don't understand that kind of worship. To some it might seem extra, but it's really just extravagant. So I just can't help but worship and be loud for everything that God has done. Mary's worship was extravagant. It was a radical act of worship and love and devotion. I feel like too many people try to be more reasonable instead of radical. We try to come in and we just kind of go through the liturgy and, and just go through the motions and we go through religion instead of Instead of really just worshiping God with everything that we have. This was a sacrifice. 
Not just of what she did, but the item that she brought as a sacrifice to Jesus. It was a sacrifice. See, to some sacrifice doesn't make sense. See, when you're not really devoted to God or, or, or devoted at all, it doesn't make sense that someone would give their life to Jesus. It doesn't make sense that, that why, why would you tithe? Why would you give that much money out of your income to the church? Why would you devote so much time? Why would you come week in and week out? You don't get it. I don't understand. Because they're not that devoted to God. Mary gave it all. See, giving is a lifestyle of love. It's worship. It's devotion. And it's modeled by God. See, God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only son. And when you really love something, you give to them. Right? Some of y'all really love coffee, and you're okay to give to get that coffee. I got an amen out of it. Come on. Yeah. Some of you, you like food, or you like this type of clothing, or you like a particular sports team, and you're willing to give to that. Come on. Uh, come on. Where are my young fellows at single in the room? One day, you're going you're gonna to like it so much, you're going to put a ring on it, and, and it's, you're okay to give amen. to that young lady. We're willing to give to something that we really love. You can look at people's lives and see what they really love by how they spend their time. You can look at their bank account and see what they really love, what they really worship. She didn't just give what she could. She gave all she had. All of it. It wasn't like a little dab. Some of y'all put on perfume and you just kind of dab it. Done. Some of you. She doesn't, she, it's not just a little dab. It's not just a little bit here. Some would suggest she broke it and poured it. I don't know what we do every week, every Sunday, or even every day of our life. How much do we really give? Do we give? What we can? Do we give just enough? Do we give? Do I say, hey, I checked the box, went to church this week, and I prayed over my food, that counts, right? How much did you really give? After everything that God has done, after everything that Jesus has done, how much did we really give? And in our time of worship, as we are singing and praising God, how much do we really give? Some of us, we don't mind going places and standing for a long time. But for whatever reason, we get in church and it's like, oh, you know, we sang four songs. Oh, my goodness. I'm tired. I get it. If you're physically, I get it. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. But you see what I'm saying? It's what we really love, we will give to. Our time, our energy, our thoughts, our money, our abilities, our lives. God is calling us to give our lives as an act of worship. And it didn't make sense to the disciples. It should have. They had spent all this time with Jesus. And Jesus kept telling them, hey, things are going to change at some point. I'm going to have to die. And, and, and things are going to be different. And even he reminds them in this text that, hey, listen, uh, the poor, are, you're always going to have them to give, but you're not always going to have me around. He even tries to drip it to them again, and, and they still don't get it, right? They don't understand. Why? Because Jesus hasn't died yet. It hasn't become real 
to them. Yet now their ancestors would have understood. Because all grown up, all throughout the history of their people, they, uh, they knew the stories about how God had delivered their people from Egypt, right? And the timeline is interesting here because at the very beginning of the text, it says it's six days before Passover. Six days before Passover. Passover was, and still is, the feast to celebrate and commemorate God delivering the Israelites from Egypt, right? You remember Moses? Let my people go, and they go through, and the Red Sea, right? And they go through, right? But before all that happened, before they were released from this slavery, they, they, they go through all these plagues, right? Egypt goes through all these plagues. There's frogs and locusts and all kinds of other gross things. And the last one is death. And for the Israelites to avoid death, they had to take the sacrificial lamb and they had to put the blood on the doorpost so that this judgment would pass over them, right? This is what they're about to celebrate. They're six days away. The time of Christ's death is, is drawing near. Maybe something prompted Mary to anoint him. Not just in an act of worship because it's preparation. Even Jesus mentions that she, she's preparing me for burial. The disciples didn't realize the representation and symbol of the Passover lamb was literally sitting right there in front of them. The symbol of the sacrificial lamb was laid out, reclining at the table, right next to them, and it didn't even realize what it was all about. They hadn't gotten it yet. Yet Mary takes time in the most extravagant way, not caring what it looked like, not caring who saw, not caring about any of that stuff, because she just wanted to worship Jesus. Mary understood who she was with because of what he had done. Right? What, what, he, what did he do? Like, not long before this, they're here because of Lazarus. Lazarus was her brother that they all dearly loved, and Jesus raised this man from the dead. I think some of us, if we saw something like that, we would, we would get excited about Jesus too. Right? But Jesus has raised your behind from the dead. God, you are dead in your sin, and Jesus has raised you up and set your feet on solid. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. Jesus has raised us from the dead, and you deserve our worship, our lives. It's a living sacrifice unto him. Mary God, and she understood who she was with. And perhaps if we came in each Sunday truly understanding who we worship, maybe we would give more. Maybe we would invite people more. Maybe we would go a little harder in our time of worship. Maybe we wouldn't mind if the worship service, Ryan, went a little bit longer. Maybe we wouldn't mind if pastor got a little bit excited and started preaching a little something, something. And, and maybe we didn't get out of here at 12 o'clock. And so maybe you didn't, didn't beat the, the other people to the buffet. But, but man, we had church. Maybe if we understood who it is that we are here to worship, maybe we would give a little more. Maybe we would read our Bible more. Maybe we would pray more. Maybe, maybe we would take this thing outside of these four walls and, and take it into our homes and our neighborhoods and our schools and our workplaces. Perhaps some of the disciples had gotten used to being around Jesus so much and they had gotten comfortable they lost that sense of wonder about it. Maybe it became so much about just going through the motions. And they lost that sense of wonder. They got comfortable. Maybe, maybe they had seen so many miracles that that was just normal. And, and maybe it became just not a big deal anymore. And they didn't get that Jesus wouldn't be with them soon. Jesus mentions it to them right here in verse 8. 
when you think of all that God has done, when you look at life through the lens of grace, you understand it. Because grace is a sacrificial gift. That jar of perfume was poured out and it didn't make sense. The blood of Jesus was poured out for us and, and it doesn't really make sense. Why would he do that for sinners like us? Yet he did it anyway. Why would Jesus sacrifice himself? He, he did it because he loves us. Because his grace is a sacrificial gift. Maybe sometimes we, like those disciples, maybe we get comfortable. We get comfortable reclining up at the table. We get comfortable in our, our pews. We get comfortable in just going through a routine on Sunday, so we're just supposed to go to church. Maybe we get so comfortable that, that when we are given opportunities to trust Him and, and to follow Him and to worship Him, we, we miss it. If we would remember who Jesus is and what He has done for us, this woman's act of worship makes perfect sense. It wouldn't be so extravagant. We would get it. And it should challenge us to give Jesus our lives, pour it out to him. Worship team, you guys can come up. See, to understand someone's sacrifice, we need to understand their story. Maybe there's a reason people don't understand why we worship God the way we do, or why we come to church, or why we give, or why we do the things that we do. And maybe they don't understand our story. Maybe they don't understand our, our testimony, what we've been through. Mary's brother... Lyles have been raised from the dead. This party was to honor him. And, and maybe you look around and, and maybe you see someone going to worship and they're, they're all in. Their hands are up and they're dancing and moving around. And, and, and they just don't have a carry in the world. And, and maybe that doesn't make sense to you. But maybe if you understood what God has done in their life. Maybe if you understood what God has delivered them out of. Maybe if you understood that cancer was in their life but it's not anymore. And, and maybe if you understood what God has done in someone's life. Maybe it's like, okay, I get it. But I need a little some of that. Right? To understand the sacrifice, we got to understand the story. Some were addicted, but God set them free. Some were so far away from God that the lost are found. Some were depressed. Some were suicidal. Some were ready to quit on their family. Some were sick. Some were broken because of their past. But Jesus came into life and healed and restored and renewed. And made whole, so they can't help but shout, they can't help but clap, they can't help say amen, they can't help but give and give above and beyond. They can't help but, but serve without hesitation. Oh, what do you need me to do today? They can't help but show up every single week because they don't want to miss it. Because that's what disciples do. Worship. Worship is the way. Come on, will you stand with me this morning? You have your communion elements. In a few moments, we're going to partake in communion together. If you have not gotten those elements, they're still available in the back. You can run back there real quick and get them. We're going to have communion together. We're going to worship some more and, and open up these altars. If you would like prayer for anything today in just a few moments. But as we get ready to worship together through communion, as we get ready to worship together in song and in surrender think about what your per perfume is what, what is your sacrificial gift given to God, what is that what does that look like for you what is it that maybe we need to lay down at the feet of Jesus, this was an act of worship by Mary how do you worship God with your life not just in church but every single day, how, how do you worship God with your life, does 
because of everything that he is and what he's done. Maybe today, maybe you're here and, and you've not given your life to Jesus. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe all this doesn't make sense. And you want to take that first step to understanding who God is, who he's created you to be. And just like that perfume that was given to Jesus, maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And that's you. And, and you would say yes to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're in the room and maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been doing this life on your own. And, and you're looking for something different, not just something different, but something new, something that is life-changing, I can tell you right now that is Jesus, Jesus changes life, I can tell you right now that when you give your life to Christ, it makes you new, today, if you don't know Jesus, you've not begun a relationship with him, before we take communion, let's get it right, you don't know Jesus today, you would say yes to him, begin a relationship with him, if that's you, can you just slip your hand in real quick, no one looking around? We want to pray with you today. Anybody this morning? Maybe here in just a few moments before we worship, as we get ready to take communion, maybe you need to make things right with God. Before we, we enter into this very sacred, symbolic ceremony of remembering all that God has done, the Bible is very clear about taking communion. If you've got sin in your mind, so for a few moments before we get going in, if you would just take a few moments, if there's some stuff that you need to deal with, if there's some stuff you need to surrender to Christ, lay at his feet, clear the air, just ask him, say, God, take this thing from me. I help me to turn away from God. I repent. I turn away from this sin. Will you forgive me? Come on, can you do that for a few moments before we take it from you? If that's you, you need to make things right with God. When he, he is faithful, and he is gracious, he is good, he is kind, he is gentle. This is not a, a matter of judging you or condemning you. It's a matter of setting you free and making things right with God. Come on, would you make it right this morning? Say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, cleanse my heart, cleanse my life, make me right before you, God. Deliver me, set me free, God. Change my life today. Done. So as we as we worship here in just a few 
moments and as we take communion and you can put your full attention on him. Can we for a moment, can we think of this goodness? Can we think of this grace? Can we think about the sacrifice Jesus went through and gave as an act of worship? Come on, will you take the elements today? There's a, there's a couple layers to peel off. The top layer will reveal the wafer and then the other layer
were lost, but he gave, he gave his life because he loves you. He gave his life, he shed his blood so that we might live. For that, he deserves our worship. For that, he deserves our lives. Come on, will you take a cup this morning? Go ahead and drink this morning. Father, we thank you for the cup. thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.